0: Disclaimer, the contents of this podcast do not constitute medical or professional advice and do not reflect the opinions of the affiliates, promotional sponsors or partners or advertising agencies and only reflects the opinions of the members and guests. This podcast contains explicit content and offends everyone equally. VTSR expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on any or all contents of this podcast. We disclaim any responsibility. Listen at your own risk. Main sponsors Nos Defiance Group LLC for all your training, consulting, and special operations solutions needs for military, law enforcement, and private clients. Uptown Autoglass for all your glass needs located in Columbus, Georgia. ATAX Camo, you won't even see them coming. don't Take it away JP What's up mate how you doing brother I am doing great I get to talk to you so of course that is the highlight of anybody's day
1: Oh my god don't say that <laughs> I am actually going to believe it
0: Yeah right I can see yeah. your ego inflating a little bit as No
1: actually Coco is getting excited here
0: Oh Coco he's He's teachers. like that's my
1: dad that's my dad woof <laughs> woof he's your biggest fan isn't he 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 just moved away from me he's like you're embarrassing me dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyways brother uh how you been man how's how's the weather over there in great canada
0: right now we are having a air quotes snowstorm we have four (laughs) inches of snow and everybody's panicking right now here on the east coast um it's delightful it's festive but it's no longer christmas so we're all ready for spring
1: awesome are uh, you uh recoup already from shot show?
0: <laughs> I did Shot show was a blast this year. I didn't see as many of the booths that uh, everybody was all excited about, but the networking and the social gatherings of hanging out with you and other friends like our guests tonight and and whatnot that was that to me is what shot show is. It's like being a senior in high school and going and just hanging out with your friends at that Friday night party kind of thing and then it's
1: like it. a big reunion
0: yeah that's that's what it is it's it honestly is that hey what's shaking what are you doing let's talk about some cool stuff what have you been up to
1: you know it's funny because uh uh tuesday uh, i got there tuesday i didn't get there monday i got there tuesday and then when i got there then that same night i had the green Beret, uh reunion yes and uh, let me tell you i ran into a few people over there they're like I'm glad I came. It's like, I feel like I'm alive again. You know, I'm connecting with my friends and connecting with my people. And they've been, a, they've been retired for so long. And they've been away from the community for so long that they feel disconnected. They do. And, uh, and, and, you know, just hanging out at the reunion or even a shot show, you run into so many people. Not only, I mean, I didn't run into just SF guys. I run into all kind of people that I know friends. Uh, and it was, it was just fun. Did you get sick?
0: Me? I did not get sick. Uh, I did have to get a tetanus shot because I missed the Greenberry Foundation uh, event. We had to move our room because the strip between the bathroom and the room, the little floor gap stop there, uh, literally ripped off. And one of the nails got me in the foot. So the maintenance guy's like, that's it. We're moving you guys. We moved from the fourth floor to the eighth floor, but it took three hours to move. That's, um, what,
1: you, that's what happens when you when you stay in half-star hotels, man.
0: This was the stratosphere. This was the big tower <laughs> one. This was this was not some some little thing. This was uh, apparently supposed to be a good one. So apparently, apparently, you know, a- but,
1: according to the reviews.
0: <laughs> no, I and unfortunately it took us like I said three hours because they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll move your room, we'll, we'll get you out of here right away, and then three hours later we finally moved, and I was like, wah, wah, missed the event.
1: Well, apparently. I'm looking at everybody's social media posts and people still like what it's been two weeks since shot.
0: Yeah, two weeks. And uh, people still
1: sick. They oh. still got the shot flu. And, and
0: um and it's not the coronavirus, it's a it's a no no it, thing.
1: Is the shot flu is completely yep. different from the coronavirus, right? And um, it's funny because people don't believe me. Like eighty percent of the people that I know that went to shot got sick at some point with, with the flu. Yes. But but the other twenty percent, and now correct me if I'm wrong here, Nate, but the other twenty percent were hanging out with us at the circle bar most of the time,
0: yes, that's getting, why
1: they didn't get sick their my story, my story, and I'm sticking to this okay, is that the whiskey killed all the bad germs in the air and in your body, so if you keep your body full of whiskey, you'll be all right or or in in. in in the case of our guests, it was tequila.
0: Well, but, and that's where I was. The whiskey was not something I was. So I can quantify that they put something special in the drinks at the Circle Bar to keep you healthier to make it through Shot Show.
1: Of course, and yeah. you know what? I, I might not be a scientist or a doctor or anything like that, but I did feel research. Yes, and it worked. And it worked out.
0: <laughs> I'm it, just saying. It, it, It's that hands-on approach, and it's validated. So anybody that is going to SHOT Show next year for the first time or for the 50th time, and they've been usually getting sick or want to avoid being sick, the circle bar is where you need to be.
1: Exactly. Um, What else? Um, Another story that I heard later, Nate, apparently you didn't babysit babysit me correctly uh, (laughs) because I heard that I walked out of a certain party and my shirt was unbuttoned all the way to my belly button. I was showing my chest and my tattoos. And I'm glad, I'm glad I lost weight and, and kind of like my abs are starting to show again. Because if that would have been three months ago, it would have been embarrassing. I'd be like, hey, check out my belly. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> now, the, the correct version of that story is that we were leaving the party. I had your backpack, your jacket, one of your shoes. And you were strutting. <laughs> Like, it was Saturday Night Fever or whatever, and I was carrying all your stuff. I was your Sherpa. It was it was quite entertaining to everybody watching to see this big polar bear of a guy walking behind this little brown dude, picking up all his gear and carrying shit. So, yeah. that's I the- don't remember,
1: but apparently it was a good time. It was a great time,
0: brother. It was a great time. And-
1: Anyways, brother, man, uh, 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 for everybody listening, Mike, Mike is doing some amazing stuff. Uh, training our country's badasses right now. So he's, he's doing some stuff. He's busy. He might jump in, in the podcast at some point, if you get a chance. But, uh, but anyways, we want to say thanks, Mike. He continues to support uh, the podcast. He's still here with us all the time. He's just doing a contract right now and, uh, he's not available to be here with us, but so everybody, please send Mike a message and let him know you miss him. Yeah. He he needs that. He needs hugs. And, um, and he will appreciate also gift certificates for for the movie theater. He likes movies. He uh,
0: He's actually hooked on watching Titanic right now, over and over again. <laughs> he does it every night. Titanic, it's his favorite.
1: And uh, uh, what is the other one? The uh, oh my god, the note, the notebook, the notebook. <laughs> the
0: notebook, or or the Beach House. All three of those are you know those are right up his alley.
1: Uh, and we cannot. Uh, I don't want to forget. Uh, I want to say, uh, thanks to Kristen, which is one of our editors that, you know, she reviews a lot of our Spanglish when we write stuff, uh, to post on social media and, uh, and Canadian Yes. And, um, and I also, uh, Carla, Mrs. North Carolina 2019, which is actually our social media manager and our unpaid producer. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, we want to thank her for all her hard work. Uh, she always tries to keep us going here. Uh, Anyways, without further ado, I want to talk about an amazing guest we got tonight. Okay. <clears throat> don't
0: we have get somebody excited, else coming. We, we have somebody else coming on too.
1: Oh, besides the one that is already waiting. No, man, come on. Why are you oh. gonna say that? Bro? No, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, I'm mean, like, who are you talking about? <laughs> no. So we got an amazing guest tonight. Uh, don't get excited, Nate. I know. I know you're gonna start like trying to get autographs and jumping up and down and start singing. All right, calm I down.
0: Just, I just want to point out before you introduce him that I've known him longer than I've known you.
1: Oh my god, here we go again. No, I, I, no I just saying, again.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So no.
1: So no, that is that that's a fact. Uh, yep. actually so our guest tonight, he uh for the ones that that don't listen to country music, um uh, Ryan wrong. Weaver. Ryan Weaver, he's a country uh artist, music artist. Uh he's also a former Black Hawk pilot. Yes. Uh from the US Army. So and a warrant officer, maybe that's why he's so awesome. I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying. Let me throw that out there, right? Uh, but no. So, uh, and I know you met Ryan a while back and in a in some concert, right?
0: Uh, no. Well, it, it was it was another project. I'll let Ryan talk about that. That's okay. it. that's his thing. Okay. And,
1: uh, yeah. and and then I uh, I met Ryan uh, actually through uh, T.J. Kerrigan from Tactical Shit. Uh, who, uh, because uh, he contacted me to be a, a technical consultant for a project that Ryan got going on as well and then ended up growing more and more and now I can call him my friend. Uh, so, and I know he's your friend. I'm just saying now I can call him a friend, but he's not, he's not just a stranger. That's what I'm trying to say. So
0: to to put a pin in this right quick is now I can call TJ, my friend, because I met him through you and we all hung out at circle bar and you and Ryan are friends because we've all hung out together at different things. And the connection between all of us now that brings us all together is circle bar. That,
1: that, that is true. We spent a lot of time in the circle bar and a lot of money. <laughs> oh my god, when I got my credit card statement, I was like, really? I'm like, oh snap, I spent more money on the Circle Bot than I did on travel and like and lodging. This is crazy. But it was well worth it. It was fun. Anyways, without further ado, let's introduce Ryan Weaver, which is our guest for tonight. People, Ryan, how you doing, brother?
2: What's going on, guys? How you doing, man?
1: We're doing good, Ryan. Uh, I've been sitting here
2: listening to you guys go back and forth about stuff. And I got to be honest with you. I can't remember when I met um, anybody. <laughs> Especially at the Circle Bar. I can't remember when when, when I met a- anybody the first time. Because it, it all, anyway, whatever. It was, it was a fun shot show.
0: <laughs> it all just blurs together in life and we just become friends forever.
2: Like previous experiences, uh, blurred together with what happened at SHOT Show. And I don't need, I don't know how I got where I'm sitting right now.
1: <laughs> I think that's a lot of us don't even know how we got yeah. back. Yeah. that's true. But that's true. we do know one thing for a fact, Ryan, we had a blast.
2: Oh. No, it was a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> I met a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of new people got to, uh, I've been to three SHOT shows now, um, and uh, this one, I came on a completely different mission that we'll talk about. But got to meet a whole bunch of people that I didn't meet before that, quite honestly, it's been interesting, the number of folks that um, you keep in contact with or that you want to be friends with. And then other folks that, you know, your business associates or whatever, just have pre- you know similar military experiences. But there are a lot of really cool people there that wanted to have good conversations. It was a, a lot of fun.
1: All right, Ryan. Um, uh, Ryan, can you tell us, little bit about yourself you know where 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 are you from or you know where you grew up you know your upbringings where did you work before you joined the military what did you do you know take us all the way through brother
2: well um this one night my mom and my dad got together and and somehow it turned into little old me the the bad
1: thing about this is i'm picturing that right now that's sick
2: yep (laughs) yeah Thank God I never walked in on that ever happening. So, <laughs> so anyhow, um, no, I think that, uh, we're going to have a great time in this podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, no, I, I grew up in uh, all over Florida as a kid. I, I was actually adopted. My brother Aaron and I were adopted and we didn't know it until later on in life. But, um, my uh, stepdad, who is my dad, I don't call him my stepdad. He raised us, but, um, Lived in Mariana, Florida, for some of y'all that are from the north side uh, on the panhandle of Florida, just north of Tallahassee, Hodunk Town in the middle of nowhere, just outside of Alabama. And then moved to Rockledge on the east coast of Florida by uh, Cape Canaveral. And then in fourth grade, or fifth grade, excuse me, I moved to the west coast in Citrus County, about 50 miles west of Orlando in central Florida, about an hour and a half north of Tampa. And uh, grew up there essentially from fifth grade until I graduated high school. Went in the Army as an intelligence analyst, uh, which back in the day was the 96 Bravos of the world that changed into a 35 Fox later on. But uh, got up, uh, you know, was stationed all over the place. Started at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas as my first duty station. And was restationed to Schofield Barracks for the 25th for a little bit. And um, did some infantry brigade and infantry battalion work, and then was restationed back to Fort Leavenworth, and then got stuck on the crappiest job you could imagine, recruiting duty, and while I was uh, uh, Sunday night, I was at the recruiting station, and my brother Aaron called me from Rucker, and said they had changed the vision standards for flight school, because I didn't think I had 2020 vision, now I to think about putting my packet in, so I put my packet in, and was selected at the next board, and gone three months after that, down to flight school. And uh, ended up being restationed to Germany and deployed to Iraq in 2003 and redeployed from Iraq on January 9th of 2004. And that was my last duty station, uh, deployable duty station at that point because I, a lot of folks will know that I be, became a sole survivor at that point with my brother Aaron, deployed with the 82nd Airborne, going to a bimonthly blood screening for the cancer that he was a survivor of. Um, and he was shot down the back of a medevac helicopter and killed everyone on board. And I returned home from Iraq to his funeral. Um, and, and I was restationed from Germany after that to Fort Rucker, became attack officer at Warn officer Candidate School and an academic instructor. Oh, yep. Dios me. When did you when did you go through candidate <laughs> school? Uh, 2004,
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When? <laughs> oh
1: snap you probably were, you were probably there um want <clears throat> to say it was may june time for do remember hold on i got i got it's, my cert, i got my certificate here oh uh, hold on i went to cuz
2: you were probably in one what, of the last last special yeah, oper, last yes. special, special operations classes i believe
1: I, I believe i'm not sure but i believe i was in the last uh special forces class that went that went to that actually went to rocker uh, it was class 0415
2: yeah. I don't know. What what date did you graduate? 8,
1: 8 July, 2004.
2: Yeah. So if you were the last special operations class that went through, there was a, there was a candidate in your class that had really long hair and uh, big old nose, really long hair. And I called him candidate hair helmet the last day that he was there because he wouldn't shut up in the class because none of y'all cared that anybody was saying anything because it was the last special operations class that was going through. Yeah. Normally, I, I had the special operations guys in my side. I wasn't a tact officer when you came through. I was actually an academic instructor for leadership. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. So you were the, the guy that bored us in the classroom. Okay, got it.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you guys, most of the time you guys liked me, but, I mean, it was just like, I, I was ready. You guys were ready to be done with it because you knew you were the last class and it didn't matter. No one was going to fail you anyway, so. <laughs>
0: The old give me class eh freebie uh,
2: for those <laughs> guys, pretty much it was there was honestly there's a reason why it was the last class they honestly did not need to be going through one off nah. school.
1: no I, I agree with that actually a, a lot of people, not only the s f guys, but you know I believe if, if you are an e7 you know uh, going going through the warrant officer candidate school, you know, fold your socks and all that stuff. Come on, man, they've been through that. It, I, I understand that there's uh, there's portions of that, maybe a week or two of that, that are important. That is showing etiquette and you know how to become an officer and things like that. Th- those are important. I, but everything else, it was it was just a waste of time.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's it. It depended on the attack officers that you had, and it, but also, I mean, they got rid of a lot of that stuff shortly after you guys left anyway. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, there's, I mean, the the phase inspection and all that that you guys had to go through to get to be senior candidates with the gold, you know, the gold rank and all that. They they got rid of the phase inspection. There's just a lot of stuff that, um, quite honestly, that, um, you know, the, it was more geared towards the aviator and the repetition, and, you know, like, uh, there was, everything was kind of designed around that. And, yeah. But uh, they focused a lot more on the leadership development, non-commissioned officers transitioning into the warrant officer field. Um, You had to learn the value of going from that power place that you were in as a senior non-commissioned officer to the humility of being a W-1. And although you outranked all your peers now that were, that you've been working with forever, you had to understand the value of humility as a W-1 because as you, as well as I know, when you got out of there, people didn't look at you. Well, I don't know if in the special operations community, but in other communities, they, they folks look at you like you're essentially a, a Lieutenant, a second Lieutenant. Yeah. A brand new guy. <laughs> is, yep. FNG. Yeah. Brand, brand new warrant officer, whatever, but they don't, a lot of folks don't, don't take a, you know, they don't look at you and think, Oh, this person's got, you know, tons of experience behind them, and then, you know, they know their job, otherwise they wouldn't have gone to candidate school anyway, but, but all that aside, back in, way back in the history, I retired in 2012, got out of the military, and uh, moved to Nashville, started going after this country music dream of mine, actually, I was doing it long before that, because I was able to do it on the weekends when I was an instructor, and started touring the club scene, and the festival scene, and opening for national acts in 2000, and the end of 2006. We was traveling back and forth to Nashville and, and, and then finally moved up when I retired and transitioned out and went from, what was it, 2012? My first show in 2014 was the Ryman Auditorium uh, stage, and then, which was a pretty big deal, the Mother Church of Country Music. And actually, no, that was the second show I did. But then uh, we had a music video out on national television, all self-funded, fan-funded, no management, and played Bridgestone Arena and two. 2015, and then the Grand Opera at the Opera House in 2015 wow. as well, and just kept moving on up from there. Oh man, I, yeah. I played. I played it's in my shower a lot that's last night. Since then, obviously, played, what did you play? He played um, his shower.
1: <laughs> yeah, I played in my shower last night. I tell you what, I was pretty amazing.
2: <laughs> you, you played in your sh- oh, you sang in your shower. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 gotcha. Was, did so did you he, play air guitar? I don't, when you said you played it's, in your shower, of a I was... Mini, mini yeah, he, he it sounded
1: weird. I sounded weird, right? I played in my shower. Really? Yeah. That's,
2: <laughs> that, 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 that took me back for a second because I was like, well, that's a little bit different than the conversation I was just having. But hey, <laughs> hey he's, he, he's their own, man. Some warrant officers could do it better than others. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so I got a
1: question for you. Oh. Is it, your is it is your? Because mine is stuck with me since I was a little kid. But yours is your accent. Is that your accent, or you had to change it to be a country?
2: I don't even realize <laughs> I have an accent. Everybody had ha,
0: no. Everybody has an accent, according to him, because we try to I, downplay his.
2: I know. I know. I that's know. all. I just I just messing with your rhyme. Well, no, I, you know I've got actually gotten that a lot. It depends on. I mean i'm I, I, you know I grew up in central Florida, but I spent the majority of my life traveling around the United States. I did spend the majority of the beginning of my career in Kansas, so I might have that midwestern southern midwestern accent as they have it, or I would say it's a midwestern country draw um, but I mean I don't know man i' I've, I've been all over the place, so I've picked up accents from I tend to start talking like the people that I'm around so maybe i i, I can't I'm gonna try and do the hispanic accent that's just gonna sound
1: stupid now ryan uh so your 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 brother unfortunately totally didn't
2: even like laugh at that i JP. know he just
0: totally brushed right over it he like totally it didn't even, happen. didn't even
2: laugh at that you just totally blew by that one <laughs> so and he was going straight to a serious conversation he's like so, sorry bro jokes I was, over I
1: was, actually, now. All right, let's, I was actually looking at my shit. notes when you were saying that so i didn't even catch it at the
2: end sorry about that <laughs> Okay, so do I need to repeat the joke so we can yes. get this repeat again? Yes, repeat the joke. I Let's get I, that I usually pick up the accent. I said I usually pick up the accent of the people that I'm around, but I'm not even gonna try the Hispanic accent because I'm gonna sound horrible doing it. It's just gonna sound stupid. Did you say taco? That's it. You're good. You say taco. taco cerveza. Did you miss everything I just said?
0: He did again. Yes.
2: Taco cerve- Taco cerveza. Taco cerveza. There you go. You sound a Mexican. That's not going to work very well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's horrible. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. (laughs) So, hey brother. So uh, you. you And every single. I'm going to put it on my Instagram page. And every single, every single person that that has thrown the misogynistic, sexist, racist, xenophobe. T- you know those token phrases out there everyone that's given it to folks like me is going to say it just because i made fun of you you didn't make fun of him <laughs> that's my job <laughs> anyway no i'm kidding all right so jp you were going to ask me something serious I'll, I'll get back on track here sorry <laughs> way back out from the no so
1: uh, uh so you, we you forgot no, you retired in 2012, and then unfortunately, your family had another tragedy uh, shortly after, right?
2: Yeah, I kind of grazed over the top of that one, um, which really I was just more getting down the the timeline of things as far as my career was concerned. But yes, yeah, so on uh, December 17th of 2013, I actually lost my brother-in-law as well. He was piloting a Black Hawk in Afghanistan, and it was uh, brought down by ground improvised explosive device exploded, blew the tail boom off the helicopter. And they actually had a passenger ejected from the back um, and he survived. And then everybody else was killed on board. Uh, so we became a two-time Gold Star family with that loss. And uh, the first one sucked. I mean, it was horrible. It was the worst moments of my life. And the second one, it it really, you know, it was, it, it was I mean, it was horrible too. It was not something that I would wish on anybody, and especially, you know, I'm sure we've lost. You guys have seen um, loss and experienced loss, but I mean, it's going through it twice. You know, it it sucked for quite some time, and it still doesn't be successful. And try and tell their stories and not let anybody forget. That's and um, you know, my hopes are that uh, as I've con I continue post service that folks can see what it means to continue to serve uh, and do it in their honor by not letting that loss define me, uh, but letting it be a part of who I am and build me to to the next level of, of um, giving back or um, being a voice for the hero community and, and also being able to be successful and chase this beautiful dream in America that we have.
1: You know, I'm, I'm glad that you say that, Ryan, because uh, <clears throat> so right, we we all make sacrifices, personal sacrifices, but in your case, you know, you make your personal sacrifice, and then your family endured so much by losing two family members, you know, in combat as well, so that, that's, I will say, a little bit more, right, it, it, I'm not saying that that it's more important, I'm just saying it's a little bit more for the family, like more tragedy, more yeah. tragedy for your family, per se, right, uh, and a lot of people, you know, and we've seen it. We talk to a lot of people all the time, and they, they a lot of times they blame either the military for their for the tragedies, for their loss, or they blame themselves uh, and things like that. But you're not letting the, that hold you back. You continue to serve. You can, you know, in, in your in a different capacity, and you continue to support the community. How how hard was it for you once you decided? Let me get out of the military. Let me let me pursue this uh, music career to try to adjust to the civilian world again?
2: Well, I I would say that I was fortunate, you know, I mean, I'm going to digress just a little bit back um, to when I decided to, to no longer, or to, to actually accept uh, the sole survivor status. And, and, you know, I wrote a letter to my commander and asked him that he read it to the company. And just, I knew that, you know, I'm, piloting a multi-million dollar piece of equipment and there are soldiers flying with deserve to have someone when you're flying that fast and when you're flying through what you're flying through and when you're doing what you're doing, uh, in any given second, you need to be as, as, as into that cockpit as you possibly can be. Uh, I, you know, there are a lot of times where you're not necessarily 100% there, but um, I I would consider that a a severely degrading factor when I'm constantly thinking, I mean, it took me two years to look up in the sky when I knew a black hawk was flying over. I mean, it it was my, the way that I dealt with loss was, you know, some guys or gals can go back, right back into combat, even after they've lost a sibling or they've lost a a mom or a dad, because now we have sons and, you know, we have family members, fathers and sons and daughters and mothers that are all serving in units together. Um, they can go right back at it. And I just, I couldn't, um, and I, I didn't think that it was fair to the rest of the folks that were there. And I'm sure that you've heard this in the past. Um, I didn't have survivor's remorse, um, because, I knew Aaron wanted to be there. Um, I knew that he was where he wanted to be. He was he was in Somalia in the ambush in Mogadishu that Black Hawk Down was made after. He had a choice. He actually got a waiver to be deployed with his cancer because he wanted to be there with his brothers and, and, and also because I was there. But um, I didn't go through the survivor's remorse side of it simply because I knew... That I I immediately had to accept that I had a mission uh, to to move forward and honor his sacrifice. And were there are times that um, I wish that he obviously it didn't happen every single second, but um, I don't think that I wake up in the morning and wonder um, if he should be here instead of me. Uh, but. Um, having said that, um, I totally lost my freaking point. Hold on. No, you're doing great. Um, the transition. Oh yeah. Um, so, so when I got back to, to Fort Rucker and and decided to, um, stay there as non-deployable, I was able to start going after this, this country music dream because I had a, a very supportive commandant of the Warren Officer Career College, Colonel Mark Jones, And he, he knew when I did the military auto competition at Fort Rucker, he was there for the whole competition. And then, um, he got to see my career starting to transition from, um, not just being an instructor. I was doing my job every, you know, my, my reviews were constantly good with, with students. I was there to be able to teach. If I couldn't teach you, you keep doing your job the way you're supposed to be doing your job. I'll 100% support everything that you need when it comes to your career. And he did. Uh, So on the weekends I was doing a lot of traveling uh, and going to do shows. And I started really transitioning out a little bit, even before I was, and I want to say I was road, but I mean, I think everybody is road retired on active duty. You know, those last six months you're ready to just go. (laughs) But um But I I, I was already transitioning out, and I was already traveling back and forth to Nashville at the time. When I moved out to Nashville after I retired, I went from making W3 pay with aviation, you know, W3 pay, and then, of course, you know, you get that paycheck cut into a third almost, it seems. And then I I was two part-time jobs, one as a bar back, one as a personal trainer, and then going to college full-time to finish my degree because that post 9-11 Montgomery GI Bill was helping me pay my rent with the housing allowance that they give you. Um, Man, I was broke, straight up broke. I was paying, I was still paying child support. I was still paying for my kids' extracurricular activities. I mean, I was eating ramen noodles and Cheerios like nobody's business. And, um, and uh, anyway, but, but I had to, it was almost like I jumped with no safety net. I didn't have a record deal. I was chasing this dream of country music. And it probably took me a good year to get myself on my feet in Nashville. Um, wasn't really doing a whole lot of music, uh, quite honestly, for the first year, maybe year and a half, was just trying to get settled into the town. And then I met my wife um, probably 10 months after I moved uh, to Nashville. And she was a godsend. She absolutely was. She, she and her family, um, brought me in and her dad gave me a um, a job with their uh, corporate meeting planning company so that I could have a steady income. Uh, my two jobs at bar and at the wild horse saloon and, and personal training were keeping me up. I was getting, you know, two, three hours of sleep between that and trying to do my homework uh, and getting everything done with school. Uh, so he gave me a job uh, that paid my bills and was able to continue going to school. But he also told me that he knew my music was a priority. And if I needed to, he gave me a salary. He said, if you work five hours a week or you work 80 hours a week, I'm going to pay you for 30 hours a week at this rate because I know it's what you need. And, and you know, he really, he really was, between he and my wife and, and them being so gracious, I was able to continue going after this. So, you know, it, it kind of reminded me a lot of, on the military side of things, the community that we come from and the support that we, can, we give each other, there, there are always olive branches. there being, you know, handed out to our brothers and sisters in arms when, when we need help. And I think that's one of the, I got to see that even out here in Nashville, but had a lot to do with my wife falling in love with me, but that's beside me.
0: <laughs> and we still don't know how you manage that, but, uh, you know, that's uh, you an amazing in, feat in itself, yeah. right?
2: It, yeah. It, have you seen my wife?
0: Dude, I <laughs> she must have like cataracts or something, but no <laughs> you you, you uh, helped out with her. She's she's a gem, yeah. that's for sure. On all yeah, levels. Yeah, she just
2: she's five eleven and, and beautiful and smart and independent and self sufficient on her own and doesn't need a man in her life, but she loves having me in it and it's like monkey bars on a playground. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so when, uh, when,
0: when you and I first met uh, a year ago, um, cause I'm the new guy at this table, we, we were, t- we met during another project that had to do with gold star families and stuff. And you and I kind of had this, um, bonding moment, I want to say. Okay. So we, uh, sorry, I got something in my eye from, I think it's the coronavirus or something. So
2: start over asking that question again, if you want. Yeah. So, and then we don't have to, we don't have to ponder.
0: Well, we can ponder because we leave that in there because it shows that we're like real people and it's not all scripted stuff. What we were gotcha. saying.
2: What? Well, you just stuck, stuck your finger in your nose so it doesn't matter anyway. That was
0: my eye. That was my eyeball. Gotcha, so dude. you this and I be met... Fun.
2: Keep this shit in there.
0: Oh, dude. this this is I edit as little as possible because I'm lazy. So gotcha. with that said, you and I met on uh, a, War Hero, a War Heroes project and that's where I learned about the Gold Star families and everything because we don't have the same systems up here in Canada and the same supports and different things. Right. So you and I met on that project and, uh, I'm trying to interview you. You're getting a feel for me. We're talking. And then we kind of, I don't know, I think we had like 45 minutes of camera time together, which was very romantic JP. Like it was, it was, mm. but the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that it's quite unremarkable
2: if you ask me, but that's beside the point.
0: Who's unremarkable? JP? Well, he's got his No, moments. that whole
2: situation.
0: <laughs> it was very ununique, uh, you know. Um, yes. It was. It was just a moment. Just two dudes. I'm kind in. of
2: feeling weird talking about it right now, actually. But that's oh. okay. Go ahead. Okay, so we're going to move on? No, no. I'm not being serious. Go.
0: Who's <laughs> serious? I'm not being serious. <laughs> Man, he just all of a sudden, he was like, what? Oh, what? what? What's going my on? My oh, just popped my out. Oh, my goodness. All you right. know what's really funny is that you got out a couple months after JP and I got out and you're here on our show, but you're the successful one, JP's successful. And someday I'll grow up and be successful too. So you guys are like, You are
1: successful. Stop it.
2: Someday. I saw his rice post. That's, that's the first step. That yeah, I'm, I'm getting the there. Rice boy. post on Instagram.
1: <laughs> you, and a little need little to, you need to start eating more ramen.
2: Ramen? Like ramen. Boys. Okay. <laughs> like
0: we did. The, this can compl- <laughs> I've eaten so much ramen when I was going through, when I transitioned out, which was the same time as you guys, I was going through a horrific divorce. Welcome uh, to the club. Right? Custody battle. My unit had turned on me and the higher ups were, you know, whatever furious with me because whatever the troops loved me, but I wasn't going to take money or food from the troops, even though they were trying to give it to me. I lived off the food bank. So what I did, and this is, this is a good tip for people. If you're going through a divorce and the kids show up and they, The the other spouse always asks them when they get home, what was it like at your dad's house? What was in the cupboards? Who showed up? Who were you talking to? Where did you go? And all this fun stuff. And follow this tangent because it's going to come back on track here in a second. So what I did is I would hit the food bank once a month and I would fill the cupboards with all the foods and snack foods and stuff that they'd give me. And I keep it to the front. And I wouldn't touch anything until the boys were there for, for their, their visits. And it would look like there was always food in the house. Right. Yeah. So I was basically, and then I would go to the mess and I would reallocate a bunch of the fresh fruits and vegetables. So I was uh, putting up that false front that there was always food in the house. And then they go back to their mom and she would lose it. And then she would go to the lawyers and the lawyers would be like, well, he's got all this food and all this money. He's going to pay more. <laughs> and then that wasn't what was really going on. So I, I had them fooled, but. The ramen <laughs> was only thirty cents a pack. So what I do
2: is I'd hang. Around you had every- the expensive stuff. Mine was sixteen cents a pack. I know, right? I well, get a case. I get a case of it at sixteen cents a pack. Canada.
0: Canada. And so, hey, but
2: hold on. Sometimes, sometimes you could get that gourmet. The ones that were in the red aluminum. You know, the red packaging oh. with all the super spicy. The, the man- yeah. Manchurian or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yes. That was like, I went when I wanted to go. When I wanted to go all out and like treat myself to a gourmet meal. I spent $2.21 on one as opposed but, to
1: but you can get those at the dollar tree for a
2: dollar.
0: You can now. Now, now you can. Because they're popular cuz we kept them in business during our divorces. So what my <laughs> I daughter know, I used did. to do. So when I go to the field to teach on courses or go to the range or whatever, we'd get these, you know, big cans of beans. So what I would do is cuz it was my husky and I, I would bring those cans of beans home. I'd eat half the can, he'd eat the other half of the can, and we would be good for two days. And now, to this day, that dog, as soon as he knows there's a can of beans in the house, he's like a cat. He is right there beside me, his little tail's just a wagon, waiting for his can of
2: beans.
1: Dude, I didn't... I wouldn't want to be in your house when you're eating. I was going to say that an it's, entire it's, week.
2: <laughs> was told, there was no way he was getting a girl that entire time because he was just blowing it up. Oh my God! <laughs> <Middle you? laughs> way.
0: I had no time or money for women. It's um, like when
2: I got, I when I first went left uh, from flight school. I went to Germany and uh, experienced Hefeweizen for the first time. <laughs> oh God Almighty. <laughs>
0: German cuisine, you know, there's no real good German chefs, is there?
2: Oh man, well Hefeweizen, that stuff is just—it's like a meal in a cup, Um, a beer. But man, goodness gracious! Anyway, all that aside, (laughs) (laughs) things—you
0: froze. We all we heard was on on a side.
2: So Ryan, uh, Mm -hmm. tell us
1: a little bit about. uh, uh, We know you do a lot of stuff for you know, veteran organizations, law enforcement. I mean, you just love the community so much, and you so much for everyone uh tell us a little bit about except that. john
2: Tigan. i can't stand that guy it, oh I isn't what, he the worst t- my t- goodness tig. Let me tell you about come on let me
1: tell you let me tell you about Tig. that guy keeps wearing high heels around me to make me look short and <laughs> and i don't like it i don't like it Tig. if you're out there you need to stop wearing your high heels i'm just i'm just telling yes. you. Did you, did you so did you notice all the pictures i posted for shot i'm five nine and i look like a midget next to everybody else i go like yes. dude I'm average size, and I look like a midget.
2: I'm (laughs) 5'8", so I look like a midget around you. No,
1: but you had your boots, by the way. Oh, yeah. Amazing Ryan Weaver boots.
2: Uh, You got your
1: boots there by any chance? Oh, shit, look at that. Ryan Weaver, all glory boots. Look at that.
2: These are the stonewashed boots for all of you out there. The stonewashed boots. Yeah, it's kind of cool because we just... um, These just got in boot porn, uh, on on the on the uh, here in Nashville and the one in Vegas on their shelves, which is really really hard to do. They test them out online first and they sold really well online, and then uh, we got them in two stores on the shelves along with 26 other stores across the nation. So, really excited about those, and we got a new brown. We got black and stonewashed. If you guys check out my posts on my Instagram, everybody uh, posts on them all the time. But we got black and those were stonewashed. And we got a brown one coming out here in the next month oh, really? or so. and, and, um, and
1: what's your website? Where they can find it at?
2: Uh, weavercountry.com is my website. I spend a lot more time, quite honestly, on Facebook and Instagram than I do anywhere else. Um, simply because I know that I can... Um, I figured out how to kind of get in touch with folks instead of them having to get in touch with me, go to my website. But all my social media is on there as well, so you can go on the weavercountry.com and every one of my social media pages are on there. But there's a link to Lane Boots on there. It goes right to my page, my partner brand page. Yeah,
1: and I, and I know a friend of our Kristen, fell in love with them, and she's, oh, she she asked did. you if they have female uh, female version of that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Lane Boots is actually a female boot company. Um, I'm the first male um, artist or anything they've partnered with uh, to do a a male brand of boots. They already had, as far as a a partner brand, they were doing male boots already, but primarily female boots. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they've got some amazing boots even outside of the Old Glory boots, but uh, they've also got uh, accessories that match the boots they have a, a little purse and a couple wrist leather wrist cuffs that are with the same flag pattern that's on the boot so and they, i believe they're one of the only pairs of boots on the market in the entire united states that the flag is down on the lower as opposed to just on the upper where if you're wearing them as a male you usually don't wear your boots outside of your pants yep. females sometimes do so there, you usually you're, you're buying a boot for a flag that's on it but then or the colors or whatever it may be because these are actually not the they're not the flag itself. They're actually stars and stripes um, to represent the color. but um, anyway, all that aside, you, you normally don't get to see the flag anyway so it's kind of you're buying the, for the buying the flag to stick it in your pants.
1: Well, let me tell you they look amazing. I, I'm, not I the- I'm not a boot guy. I'm not a boot guy. And I actually like them. So that's I a lot. I
2: And yeah.
1: they also look like after you walking for five days in those boots, they were hurting
2: you a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, um, the second day, the second day I was there, the first day, uh, well, actually, I, I have to admit something. Um, my uh, lane just, I've, I had the first pair of these boots uh, uh, for two years and. And one of the studs that you can see the stars there, one of the studs fell out. That's one thing I love about this company is if a star falls out or something like that, um, they'll take care of you. They're a great company. But one of my studs fell out and um, they sent me a new pair of boots two days before SHOT Show. Um, so, That's why. So the first day, uh, those that first 15 miles I walked, was breaking those boots in. Yep. So the second day, by the time, they were a little bit more comfortable the second day. Um, but by the end of the second day, my feet were, my dogs were barking. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But then the third day came around, and, and yeah, I looked like an old man that had to take a really, you just lost all your lights. <laughs> <laughs> You in a bomb shelter? Uh,
0: we are having a bit of a storm up here in uh, Canada. So, and I think your your conversation about these amazing epic boots is making my nation kind of sad <laughs> of itself right now. Yeah, so. uh, that's funny. I'm gonna fix that. But yeah, that
2: third the third day, I was I looked like an old man. that Had to take the worst dump in the world when I was walking. I was stiff and my back was hunched over, and uh, but tequila helped. Tequila oh, of uh, what, And what is that tequila that you drink? Casamigos Reposado.
1: Man, it's funny because the bartender already knew what you were going to ask. I go like, hey, oh, hey
2: yeah.
1: tequila for my friend. He's like, I got it.
0: He <laughs> He's knew. like, yeah. I got it.
2: <laughs> yeah, It's not that I drink a lot. It's just that I, I'm, I, like, I like good tequila. And it Casamigos is, Reposado is good tequila.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Hey, Ryan, so talk to me real quick about this amazing new project that you got coming up with the short film Arrival. What's up? What's up?
0: First off, what is a rival? What yes. what's the backstory?
1: What is Tell me the story about that.
2: So um after touring with the professional bull riders in all the major arenas um across the nation, starting from at t Mobile Arena in Las Vegas and then um Madison, you know, 2017 at the World Finals. And in Madison Square Garden in 2018, to start the year off, and just all those arenas, I yeah and, and that's kind of one of you know, I'm extremely proud of getting to do all that because I didn't have a record deal or management uh, or anything like that, and was as an independent artist, was able to do all that stuff. But when I was in those arenas, I got to watch how the professional bull riders used music for their events. And they used all different genres of music. It wasn't just country. Um, It was rock. It was, I mean, you name it. It was pretty much anything that, um, any kind of music that's out there that fit the occasion. And I wanted to record something that was kind of anthemic, that had a mix of genres um, that really could fit in with any kind of sporting event or whatever it it could be used for as a motivational type song. It actually turned out to be a breakout song too, but um, so we recorded Arrival, and it was actually recorded from coast to coast. So Eric Turner with Warrant, he's my cherry pie warrant. Um, the rhythm guitar player uh, wrote the guitar like this at the beginning of the song, and then sent it to his his guy that does a lot of his production, and he he put the '80s rock track essentially on the bottom of the song. Sent it out to Nashville, and we wrote the song to the track. Um or to the little guitar lick that he had and then um, added our country feel to it with some, some different country instruments and, and my vocals and then sent it out to um, actually, no, we we just did scratch vocals then sent it out to New York and put the modern production dubstep on it. Uh, so that song was recorded from coast to coast, essentially. Um, when you listen to it, just there, there are so many different elements to the song and the different genres from the 80s rock to country to the dubstep and party mix, all that was mixed in to to kind of fit in with any crowd that would listen to uh, that, that likes motivational pump you up kind of music. So released that in March, and it actually has done very well. It got a third of the spins that Burn had in its entire lifetime in just the first month. Wow. And got, got added to a lot of uh, playlists, which was great. Anybody that's out there, if you add it to your playlist, that really helps on Spotify uh, and any any of the streaming services because the streaming doesn't make me any money straight up. It's like point zero zero one cents maybe a stream, um, but getting it on you know tons of playlists and having those streams, it, it gets exposure for you for. Uh, people that are promoting concerts and that kind of thing, just kind of throwing that out there. So anyway, we recorded that song, released it in March. And then Chris Peranto and I were talking and we actually released another song time like this. You can, you guys can listen to that as well. Chris Peranto and I were talking on the phone. He's like, Hey Ryan, when am I going to get in another music video? Because he was in burn with me. And, um, I said, well dude, it just so happens we released a song arrival and I was thinking about doing another music video to it. Um, but I had taking down, you know, I had to up one up burn with two Benghazi heroes and, you know, trailer clips from the movie 13 Hours Secret Soldier Benghazi in it, and my dad talking in it, and my brother talking in it, and all military, law enforcement, first responder cast. It was pretty epic to put all that together without any help from, you know, like a label or anything like that. We just organized it and self funded it. And uh, with, with, you know, I would say crowdfunding, but it was a little bit different than a GoFundMe kind of thing. But uh, so I needed to one up it, and I was thinking. I started talking to Dave Benton Boone, uh, and he was interested in. You know, said if you know if you want me to be part of it, Ryan, I'll be part of it. And uh, so then I had three Benghazi. I asked Chris, I asked John, I asked Dave Benton uh, to have Boone in there as well, and so I ended up with three Benghazi heroes. And I, I figured that was. If we could do something epic in this music video with the three of those guys, then we'd be able to one-up, you know, take a step even better. Well, I approached or talked to TJ Kurgan from Tactical Shit, Danger Close Media Group, and TJ uh, helped us out with the the behind-the-scenes for Burn, and, you know, they did a lot of filming and brought some equipment and stuff for us, which was great, and then they also helped with the release of Burn, the release party down at Bridgestone Arena, and i wanted to you know i wanted him to be involved in this first off because of his his media reach and the and the, the influence that he has on social media with with the different platforms that he's got with uh, danger close media group and i asked him if he wanted to be an extra cast member and he said sure and um and then I, he said so what's the theme of the film or the video going to be this time and i said well think about doing an isis sleeper cell takedown kind of thing, action, you know, that, and, and he came back. He, I, I think he called me later, a little bit later, um, or he might have said it on the phone then. I, honestly, it, it's a blur how it happened, but he said, well, Ryan, there's a huge, huge epidemic that's spreading across the United States, and it's the human trafficking problem that a lot of people aren't talking about. It's getting swept under the carpet, and it's something that needs to be addressed and he said, and you're, you know, Burn had a great message in it. You honored the Benghazi four, you honored your two brothers, um, who were killed in action. And, you know, a message video would be a, with a great, uh, you know, a stronger impact, uh, on a message that's not being talked about would be a pretty good idea. And I said, I agree with you. I think it'd be awesome. I know nothing about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, and, and, and I said, you know, I, I really need to do some research because, it's crazy that I have all these friends that are in the the tactical world or the self- defense world or the shooter world or whatever it is and I didn't realize that so many of them were already involved in this they were already involved in rescues they're already involved in organizations that um are out there you know trying to help uh, human trafficking victims so I had to do a lot of research on it to find out really what it was about and I was just blown away by what a huge huge problem that's right on our doorstep that's sitting right there and even somebody who should know about it because my friends are involved in it I didn't know and I was I, I couldn't have agreed more with TJ that that mm-hmm. this is a message that needs to get out there and um we decided and and I also decided you know I don't I don't think that a uh, a music video is really going to be able to tell the story on no. this I think we need to have Something that's going to last a little bit longer, and then it, you know, the short. Uh, TJ and I both agreed that a short film uh, would be good, and you know, I didn't know then. I didn't. Here's something else. I didn't know what a short film consisted of. Yeah. Um. I didn't know what the requirements were for it, and I ended up um. Over the course of between TJ and <clears throat> and different conversations. We ended up getting JP, I think TJ, you said reached out to you and then we, somebody, was it, I think, was it you that, that told me to talk to Craig Sawyer or what? It may have been Scott. Was it you? No, it was not me. Okay. So it must've been Scott Campbell. I I did, I did the hookup with
1: Adam Desperito.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, so you hooked me up with Adam Desperito, who is writing the script for this with, uh, he and Chris are writing back or working on the script, um, with you consulting. And I think Craig is doing some consulting on it as well. And, um, but we got a bunch of experts together on it because I knew nothing about it. And there was, I wasn't just with, like with the PBR, um, when I changed the flat bill that they gave me on a, you know, when I got that flat bill, uh, on my hat, yes, I changed the flat bill because it's not me. I'm not trying to fake the funk. I'm not trying to be a bull rider. I didn't grow up in the Western world. The the, the Celebrate America campaign was a perfect fit for my music and my performance and my backstory. Um, we were able to honor you know, based off of my background that way, but I wasn't trying to fake the funk and I wasn't going to do it with this either. Yeah. Um, I really, I I didn't want to Falsely portray something that I was learning was extremely important for the the survivors, the um, the people involved in it. Uh, it was I, I wanted to make sure that that we were going to do it right. So I told Adam, and then we ended up getting Chris Martini on board. Um, I, I had actually talked to him multiple times about getting some of my music in his films in the past, and and I knew that he had d- just done some military stuff, uh, yeah. you know was with, with Trooper and, and, but he had done some military stuff and I wanted to, I just reached out to him. I said, here's what I got going on. Um, would you be interested in directing it? And he, I, anyway, all that aside, I, I am an artist and yeah. <laughs> I, I, I flew helicopters in the military. Um, I was never in the tactical world on the ground shooting at people. I never did any of that stuff and I'm not going to claim to be, nor have I ever claimed to be that guy. Anybody wants to have those conversations uh, about that stuff, I, I send them to people like JP, who lived in that world, and I never did. And and I'll be the first to say that. And I've always said it. Um, so having folks like you and Craig Sawman, Sawyer, uh, former Navy SEAL, who has his own uh, nonprofit organization um, and dealing with pedophiles and those kind of things, but also having Adam Desperito who is involved with Tiffany's. Um, you know, and and take. I believe he's in with the diamond, the the diamond slave trade, yep. uh, working in that field. So we have a bunch of experts that really know what they're doing in the human trafficking side, so that we can make it genuine. And then we bring on other folks, like you know, obviously we have the three Benghazi guys that are uh, tactical and technic- technical experts when it comes to doing the the shooting and the and the room clearing and the building clearing and that kind of stuff, which we knew was going to be part of the film. Um, but their notoriety also is going to bring some clout to the film so that we could bring in, cause you got to fund it. But all that aside, I just, they're superheroes to me, just like you are JP. And I mean, in anybody that is in the community that's out there shooting, brother, I, I Nate, what did you do in the military, by the way?
0: So, I was in the Canadian Armed Forces. Um,
2: okay, so you didn't do anything. All right, we can go back to talking about J.P. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, um, no,
0: I'm, I'm kidding, am uh, No, no, I, I understand that joke. And, um, no, I'm totally kidding. I'm actually you, I'm totally in a feud kidding. with Alex Trebek for the last uh, 20 years because he, as a former Canadian and now an American, uh, made reference on one of his episodes with the guy from JAG, who is also a Canadian and the actor – and the two of them were like, "Oh, hey, Canada, do we even have a military?" Ha ha ha! And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck no, you guys!" Right? So I've been in a feud with Alex Trebek Shit. and uh, the guy that's from funny. Jag for forever. But no, I was I was Canadian infantry. Um, uh, I see you were a shooter too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. JP is my superhero uh, crush as well, so it's okay. Oh my god! Stop it! So ha- I even have a little action no, so, figure so, of him.
1: So that's. Uh, uh, that's Ryan that's how I, I, I got involved in the film actually that's how I met you uh, it was because TJ uh, which I I knew from the from before TJ hit me up and he said hey JP so there's this project with Ryan Weaver and like I'm like oh okay cool he goes like "Uh, and it's about human traffic and I'm like perfect so it, it all worked out I, I and I, I think when you got cut off earlier and you were trying to reconnect you know uh, Nate was talking about things happen for a reason. People come together for a reason, right? Oh, absolutely. So so when TJ tells me about that and TJ goes like, well, JP, I know that that's what you've done in the last year on the ground, kicking down doors and getting gears out. And I go like, yeah, I got it. He's like, so I need you to be the technical advisor for this so that it is realistic because even though that we want it to be fun, it needs to be real. It can't be Hollywood. Oh, it can't be Hollywood people hanging from a plane, you know, flying, flying, you know, at 50,000 feet right. and stuff like that. It can't be like that way. I go like, no, that, that's great. So I go like, that's when I go like, well, it's funny because if he wants to do a short film, I'm actually talking to Adam Desperito because I was I wanted to do a movie about human trafficking. Using some of the actual rescues that we've done, so that's how Adam Desperito got involved, and he got in touch with you. So, right, and, and, uh, which is which is great because uh, uh this script is actually based on a true story because, uh, right, part of the portions of that are based on one of the rescues that we actually did on the ground. So it, which it, is, it is, which is awesome, yeah. And that's how we all got involved, and then you know, I, I met you, and then we started getting in touch, and all these other people started coming in, and I just think everything happens for a reason. Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And and you know, I uh, uh, I remember uh, a buddy of mine told me, "Hey, JP, but I know you had an idea of making a movie. It, it, isn't that messed up?" I'm like, "No, dude. If everybody can come together for the same purpose, right? It's like I'm not hugging. I'm not hugging this. It's like Ryan got this idea. Let's let's bring it in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's throw well, it that
2: way." I mean, you think about it though. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. A lot of times. And I'm sure you know this, and Adam knows this, and I know Chris knows this because we've talked about it. A short film is what can get you a movie. That is true, and can also get you, you know, a, a Netflix episodes or a series. Yeah. Um, and and quite honestly, if you if anybody spent any time, I'm sure you didn't, but uh, when Gervais absolutely destroyed everybody at the Golden Globes. <laughs> oh, um, yes. The, oh, yeah. um, I watched that, yeah, trust me. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, but the majority of the majority of the winners were really coming from Netflix originals and yes. Netflix series. So so now the the I think that the the movie uh scene has shifted to where um the Netflix originals, if we come with a a 15 minute short film that's powerful enough and impactful enough. And it essentially has the idea that you've got. We have the ability between all the folks that know how to get it to folks that, um, um, you know, that know how to get it to Netflix or, uh, and whatnot, because I know Adam has those connections as well. We may now have an opportunity to turn this story, which is your story essentially of a rescue that you've done. Uh, and then some other, some, I know there's some other side things too, as well, side stories, but, um, uh, turn it into something that could be even bigger um, than a short film. I mean, I'm hoping that this is just massive because we're giving this for everybody that's watching, we're giving this short film to every single human trafficking and sex trafficking organization in the nation. And and I'm not discriminating against anyone because nope. you got a 10 person, you know, church group that's out there policing their, um, you know, policing their communities and, and, you know they're seeing stuff and they're saying stuff and they're reporting it um they they need to be able they're not going to be able to afford to put something like this together but imagine if they could do a a short psa and just attach it to the end of this film even at the local level we can go from the local grassroots level of awareness all the way up to the national level organizations that could use this and i mean i'm i'm not the folks that are watching this, I'm not trying to make money off of this. No, there are going to be some collateral things as an artist that I know that are going to be advantageous to me, you know, speaking engagements and performances and stuff like that that come from it. it I mean, it, it's inevitable. Yeah. can't help that. But, but it, the way that I look at it is it's going to afford me a, a national level platform to be able to increase awareness, but also talk about the, the, how this came together and, and the, you know, the coming together of the tactical and military community and how we all forged in the fight uh, against human trafficking. And, you know, there's just so many good things that can come from this. There really are. And if anything, we're going to be with the short film and a collateral music video, we're going to have two media platforms to essentially push the same message and promote human trafficking awareness um, and and share a powerful story with a, with some entertainment to get the folks that are outside of the realm that were the guys like me who didn't know a whole lot about it or gals, you know, folks that are outside of it attract them to the story let it be realistic and then you know really really uh hit it home how important it is that we fight against this so I, buddy oh, no. is that for yeah so we yeah, cover it's the cover of the slideshow that we have, this essentially is the packet uh, for sponsorships, um, but it also has the bios of everybody that's involved. It has uh, the bios of uh, Chris Martini and Adam Desperito, who are directing and producing and writing this as well. If you're interested in sponsoring this, we have corporate product placement sponsorships at all different levels. This doesn't cover, however, it doesn't cover the VIP extra and behind-the-scenes cast sponsorships or small individual uh, contributions to the film. So if anybody wants to know about how to either do corporate product placement sponsorships or just if you want your – your the place that you work is doing human trafficking uh, training and you want your company to be involved in this, we do need production sponsors. We need a presenting sponsor for all of this. We're going to put a whole lot into this because we want it to, to be something that – is is incredible for nationally for everyone to be able to use we don't want to halfway do this so anyway but uh, you can reach. and if you're listening i'm me. sorry
1: if yeah if you're listening to this we're going to put all the contact information in the actual post of the podcast and then we're also going to put it on social media when we post uh the podcast all and the just links. so you know
2: anybody anybody that's out there that, that is listening to this if the personal donation or um, we 're not calling them donations because we 're not running this through a nonprofit organization it 's going to fund the film so we 're call, calling them contributions. but the contributions that you give to this um, it 's all going to a separate bank account it 's all going to this any personal contributions or VIP or VIP behind the VIP extra cast or VIP behind the scenes are all going through me, and all the corporate product placement sponsorships are going to go through Danger Close Media Group. And tactical shit. So we I had to separate the two because they're, we have to make sure that if you're doing corporate product placement sponsorships, that we're adequately representing your product when we put it into the film um, and that you feel that you're getting uh, an ROI of, of sorts. But regardless, I think that the best ROI about this is, is that you're going to help us spread uh, the message about human trafficking and how we, we all need to come together as a community to stop it. Uh, I just want
0: to touch on that right quick because JP's got his business that he runs down in the States uh, that's helping. And he, he's the uh, the technical advisor, uh, not the translator. Just want to put that out there. So he's the technical advisor. Ryan's written this this vehicle for it. Nobody's trying to make any money off it. Nobody's trying to get famous off it. They're, everybody that's involved that I've met Uh, and that are that I personally know that are involved in this project are doing it for the project and for the art form of getting this message out to the world. Uh, I know myself here in Canada, we don't talk about this subject as much either as we should be. And it's a, it's a global uh, I don't use the word phenomenon, but a a global virus or epidemic
2: An epidemic.
0: And that is what, that is why on my end of it, when I brought home this information, that packet that you just showed everybody Um I've shown it to a bunch of people already and they are like, Holy crap, I didn't even know this was a thing, you know, it's it's you know not really hitting home. And then I started showing them news articles of missing children and missing people, going, you know, where do you think these people are going? Where do you think they're ending up? You know, and on that note, if you want to contribute, like JP said, the contact information and all that you can you can go through us and we'll put you in direct contact or you can click the links that will be provided through all our social media platforms because ladies and gentlemen i'm i'm actually and i don't do this very often but i'm putting my endorsement behind this with my name saying that this is a project that you need to get off your your butt and put some sort of attention or re, reposting or financial or talking to get this conversation going because this this is just not something that we need to uh, ignore this is something that needs to be in the forefront of everybody's mind and the more it's in your forefront of your mind the less it's going to be apt to happen around us the more awareness we have and that's what this project is and knowing JP and Ryan personally and and uh, you know knowing that they are donating their time and energy and passion to this project has spurred me on to help, so hopefully you 've heard that conviction in their voices this evening or today or whenever you 're listening to the show and may, maybe listen to it for the third or fourth time to hear that because that conviction if if everybody had just a one percent of that conviction in their in their hearts towards stopping human trafficking, then this project is already won
2: well, I will tell you j p and, and Nate real quick i 'll tell you. Um, if anybody watches burn, if they haven't seen it and they watch my music video burn, the majority of the funding for that music video came from small contributions. It didn't that we had one major sponsor, one major corporate product placement sponsorship and one firearm that was auctioned off um, that raised some funding for us. So just so you know, that the $20, $100, $500 small con- smaller contributions that aren't necessarily at the corporate product placement or the corporate sponsorship level, those are what funded the majority of, of, of that video. And if you watch that video and see the quality, that's, that's the music video. Now imagine us having something that quality, if not better, in a short film, and in a music video as well, you're going to see that that we're capable of doing some pretty extraordinary things when folks come together to support.
0: Now, to quantify that, before I turn this back over to JP, Ryan, JP, you guys have taught in leadership courses, um, as well as I have the. I don't know if you guys have ever played this game where you take uh, a jerry can, an empty jerry can, which is you know mm-hmm. a forty liter, uh, yeah. for like three gallons or something, American. And everybody just puts just a little, little cupful from their canteen. The whole platoon, 30, 40 people walk yeah. by that jerry can fills up so quick. And all they're doing is giving just a little bit of water. So when we say drops in a bucket, that literally is how you fill up a bucket is, you know, starts with drops. And if you're sitting there going, yeah, my 30 bucks or 50 bucks isn't going to matter. Well, there's a hundred other people around you that are thinking the same thing. And if you all just say, you know what? I'm gonna do it and hit that button, or go to the bank. Whatever it is, that buck is gonna be overflowing, like Ryan said. So,
2: we'll,
0: that's we'll put that's the all Venmo I got.
2: account, and I'll give you guys the Venmo account to put on there. That's gonna to go to my go to the Weaver Country arrival bank account. That all this is going to, um, and I will tell you that I did. I don't have this uh, caliber of cast, this caliber of of people involved in this project without them knowing without question that I'm doing the right thing with this, that you, every single dime is going to take care of this or to get this film out there and to get it the best possible project we can get done uh, to raise awareness for human trafficking.
0: Yeah. And on that note, I'm actually going to volunteer that, that chunk of time during the filming, whatever they need done on set to keep costs down. I'm volunteering that, that time because that's what I know I can contribute and have control over. So we need
1: massages it. on set. Can you give massages? Yes. I got big thumbs. big thumbs, big thumbs, <laughs> big thumbs boys. Anyways, Ryan, uh, we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, there's uh first of all, I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. Not only for the community, you're always doing something for the community, whether it's uh military or law enforcement emergency services, you know, you're always giving back and we really appreciate that. Uh, if there's anything, any, any upcoming shows or anything like that, that you would like to put out there that way can pe- people can, can go and watch you live, man.
2: Yeah. So if everybody could take a look here, I've got my nine line ball caps, flex fit ball caps, my America 2020 nine line shirts. If you guys go to nine line search Ryan Weaver, I'm a partner brand with them. Got five t-shirt designs and my ball caps as well. Um, the America 2020 is not the newest shirt, but it is the first shirt for 2020. And we do have an American-made 2020 shirt that are all American-made shirts uh, from Nine Line Apparel. Uh, got Liberty Home concealment, concealment devices. All that information is on my, on my website at weavercountry.com if you want to check out to get yourself a concealment flag for your home. Uh, got a sock line with soldier socks called the Hero Sock. I don't know if you know soldier socks or not, but for every pair of socks that's purchased, they donate a pair of socks to a military service member with an amazing company. Forge Leather is a small family-owned business down in Georgia. They're, they do all of my leather. They do custom leather. They do whatever. But if you want a Remember Everyone Deployed red bracelet uh, to wear leather cuff to wear every Friday for your Red Fridays or every single day that you want to, to Remember Everyone Deployed, Those are there as well. Hey, man, we got so much stuff that's happening with all that, and obviously my boots, but um, working on some Australian shows and got a few big shows that we're going to be announcing once we get them locked in, but I don't want to announce them right here. Um, But, oh, yes, if anybody watches the Chad Prather show, I will be on Chad Prather's show on February, it's Tuesday, the night, is it 18th? Yeah, February yep. 18th. So I will be on Chad Prather's show on February 18th. If you guys want to tune in, we're going to show you something, a, a firearm that has been given us to, to sell, to raise money for this film, uh, given to us to sell, for to raise money for this film. And uh, I'm unbelievably excited about this firearm because if you were at SHOT Show and saw this thing, Anybody that's out there that's a gun collector that likes one of a kind can't get it anywhere else because it's never going to be made again. You're going to love what I'm going to show you on that show.
1: All right, and for uh, everybody, uh, if we will post it also in the uh, in the podcast information and in social media, but uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Ryan Weaver Country. There's only one Ryan Weaver country, and he's also uh, verified on Instagram. So if you see Ryan Weaver, I am the country, it's fake. If you see Ryan country, Weaver it's fake. Look for the one that is verified, and that is my man right here, Ryan Weaver country.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Uh, Nate and JP, you two are class acts, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this project really knocking it out of the park Truly can't thank everybody that's out there that knows my music and has been supporting me for your support, because without you, I wouldn't be able to live the dream that I'm getting to live here.
1: Oh, yeah. We really appreciate you being on the show, uh, Ryan. I really appreciate it.
0: Proud of you, brother. Keep it up.
2: All right, okay. Nate. Uh, so
1: that's it. Now, all we want to tell everybody is also check out our last mini episode. We now have this mini episodes that we're going to do on the go when we are somewhere and Ryan knows this guy because he, he met him or maybe you knew him from before Ryan at uh, TJ Tejada. Uh, mm-hmm. We, uh, we interview him during SHOT show uh, in the wheelchair. He He's making jokes about himself being in the wheelchair. We're <laughs> messing with him. It, it was a great episode, but if you guys haven't listened to that episode yet, go and check it out. It's on Spotify and it's on uh, Apple's podcast. It's only a 20-minute mini episode with TJ Tejada, but it was a very powerful episode. Yeah. So you need to listen to it if you haven't listened to it. Uh, and then of course, uh, this is gonna be the first episode that will actually be on YouTube. So you guys are gonna be able to see our beautiful faces and Ryan we- Weaver fantastic, beautiful face as well. So uh thank you everybody for listening, Nate. <laughs>
0: Don't forget to tune in, subscribe, watch, follow, lead, whatever. Just make sure you're not missing out on the next episode because if you're missing out, then you're left behind. JP, say it. Say that catchphrase, brother.
1: brother. Uh, by the way, it doesn't matter what you're going through, guys. Do not cash out. Don't cash out. We'll see you later.
0: Thank you to our main sponsors, Nostiance Group LLC, Uptown Autoglass, and ATAX Cam.
2: That as you have a plan, he said I do. Gonna go protect this land. This song is for you. Young But you chose to serve Gave her life such a sacrifice This song is for you